0: I believe in God. I believe in God. I believe in God, the Father Almighty. The Father Almighty. Maker of heaven and earth. And in Jesus Christ. And in Jesus Christ. And in Jesus Christ, His only Son. His only Son, our Lord. Our Lord. Who was conceived by the Holy Spirit. Born of the Virgin Mary. Suffered under Pontius Pilate. Was crucified. Was crucified. Was crucified died and was buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. The third day he rose again from the dead. He rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven. And sits at the right hand of God, the Father Almighty. From thence he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit. I believe in the Holy Spirit. I believe in the Holy Spirit. The Holy Christian Church. The communion of saints. The forgiveness of sins. The forgiveness of sin. The resurrection of the body and life everlasting. Everlasting. And life everlasting. Amen. 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 I tell you what, it's a big day tomorrow, isn't it? We, uh, people all over the DMV will dress up in costumes. They'll walk their neighborhood and they'll collect minuscule size candy. It gets smaller every year, doesn't it? Went from like regular size, king size, to mini size, to fun size, to small. I don't know, I can't keep up. But we'll collect candy as we go around and half that candy will get eaten by the kids as they walk through the neighborhoods. The other half will be confiscated by the parents and thrown away in about a week except for the, that daddy tax that uh, we lean in. We have a heavy tax in our house, especially on Reese's peanut butter cups. Got to get my goods, y'all. I lead this regime, so I'm going to take what I need. <laughs> it's just me. Any other dads in the house today? Okay, got to do what we got to do, y'all. All right. So I'm going to get dressed. I'm going to get something, too. But uh, And so we do all these festivities all to celebrate this uh, this holiday that we call, that's right, Reformation Day. <laughs> and we get dressed up and we get dressed up in our house. You can see behind me. We get dressed up as the reformers. There I am. Uh, there's Martin Luther and all my uh, reformers along with me, like Aaron Burr and, uh, and Peggy and Eliza and, and all the crew, right? Like I'm just playing. Uh, I'm just kidding with you today, but here's the thing October 31st actually has a significant and spiritual meaning that is behind it. Last week, Pastor Mark referenced this. And he talked about how on October 31st, 1517, Martin Luther came to the church in Wittenberg and he began to hammer the 95 Theses on the wall of the castle church door. And it was a moment, it was the beginning of the Reformation of the Protestant church. And so here's what happens. At the very beginning, the origins of the church, faith was the foundation. Faith is our genesis. Faith is our beginning story. It's what we stand on. It's what we know. It's what leads us forward. Faith is this foundation in the church. But then over time, here's what happened. Uh, You had medieval bishops and the medieval pope and all these that would begin to add on top of what was and so you had um, you could come along and you could actually purchase indulgences to absolve your sins so that was put on top and then you had others that came along and you could you could get indulgences uh, for your relatives who were in purgatory and so that gets placed on top you could do um, you could go and do a pilgrimage That would then lead you to go through these different steps and see different artifacts that would take time away from when you could get to heaven. And then you had uh, services were only done in Latin. And so the common person could not hear or understand what was happening in a service. They couldn't hear the word of God. And then you had all these papal proclamations that you would have to live by. And so all these things were added on. And so salvation unbiblically was understood as being earned through merit, through purchase and through your works. We know it differently. Now, before we judge those who were in a previous era, let's be honest. We add things onto our faith, don't we? We add things on. We add things like our political ideology on top okay I'm just going to add that on top of faith and then we add on uh, what culture feeds us as right and good and so I'm going to align with that and I'm going to put that on top and and then we have all our thoughts on morality and what our mind thinks of as morality despite some other things that tell us and so we add these things on and here's what happens you guys we as we do this, we're thinking, okay, I like faith. I like the scriptures, but maybe not this piece and maybe not that piece. And so when we add on, we, we think we're making it better. When in reality, when we add on, we're just making it a chaotic mess. We're making it worthless, no longer good. And so Martin Luther comes along at this critical point in history and he has this authentic faith and study and worship and he's leaning into God and he has these convictions, and he begins to pound the theses on the door, because he looks and he says, "That's not what this is. That's not God, what God intended. And may what happened back then happen today, and that's this: May faith rise up out of the rubble, rubble of all the convoluted things that we have added onto it, right? Amen. Are you with me today? Yeah. May faith ro- sola fide, by faith alone, he declared and we declare it today. Here's what the scripture says in Ephesians chapter two, for it is by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not from yourselves, it is the gift of God, not by works so that no one can boast. We're just gonna have a little bit of light show today as we go. <laughs> it's just gonna be a part of it today, okay? We're just going to roll with it. We have, there's like a demon inside our system today. <laughs> and so just roll with us. It's going to be lights at random times. And that's how we do today, okay? It's just going to be fun. We're going to keep you entertained while we're talking about some scripture, all right? Scholars would say it this way. They would say, we are justified by faith alone, but not by faith that is alone. In other words, our faith should reap actions out of our life, right? So faith isn't just an intellectual pursuit. It's not just a vague knowledge. No, faith is an active and convicted trust. This is the story of the man in our text today. We actually don't know his name, but we know his challenge and we know his faith. I wanna ask you to read the story with me. We'll try to put it up here on the screen, uh, but I'll just read it for us, all right? It's Mark chapter 1. Verse 40, I'm gonna read it for us. A man with leprosy came to him and begged him on his knees. If you are willing, he's talking to Jesus. If you are willing, you can make me clean. Jesus was indignant. He reached out his hand and he touched the man. I am willing, he said, be clean. Immediately the leprosy left him and he was cleansed. Jesus sent him away at once with a strong warning. See that you don't tell this to anyone, but go show yourself to the priests and offer sacrifices that Moses commanded for your cleansing as a testimony to them. Instead, he went out and began to talk freely, spreading the news. As a result, Jesus could no longer enter a town openly, but stayed outside in lonely places. Yet the people still came to him from everywhere. So this man's faith, it wasn't a religious affiliation, right? It wasn't him creating morality in his own mind that he thought was right. No, his faith was in a person and that person was Jesus. We learn a number of things about faith from the the leper in the story today. The first one is this, that, that faith is not a possession. Faith is a muscle. Faith has to be used to grow. Faith has to be exercised to grow. You know this in your weekly life, right? When we skip that that gym workout, right? And yes, we only pay like 35 cents for our Planet Fitness gym membership, right? But you still gotta get there and you gotta grow the muscles for them to be useful. Faith is, we talk about faith too much, don't we? Faith is not faith until you take that first step and then it becomes... Actionable. Luke chapter 8, we see that we can have a gift of faith and we can actually not use it. Jesus and the disciples are in the boat and the disciples see the storm and they're getting all nervous. They go back and they grab Jesus. Jesus, we're all gonna die. Jesus gets up and in verse 25, here's what he says He says, Where is your faith? You know what he's really saying? He's saying, Why aren't you exercising the faith that I gave you? In other words, all of us in the house have been given the gift of faith. We all have that gift, but we've got to exercise it. We've got to use it. We've got to put it into practice. And I wonder how many of us, our faith is atrophied, right? We have muscles of it, but they haven't been used in so long that, that you can't even tell those muscles are there. And they, they shrink as we don't use them. My daughter, Renzi, came to me this past week and she said, Dad, I want to do a trust fall with you. Okay, we're going to do a trust fall. So we go over and I say, okay, Renzi, Here's how it works. So do you trust your dad to catch you when you fall? Yes, I absolutely do. Yes, dad. She was kind of annoyed with me even, but very overconfident. Yes, dad, I trust you. Okay. All right. Well, stand. you stand up here now and now put your arms, turn around, and now you're just going to fall. Okay, go. And she goes to go and okay. All right. Okay. You ready? Okay. All right. Here we go. Okay. Ready? Okay. All right, ready, ready to <laughs> and we go through this little dance, this little game, and she can't quite get so finally I'm like, Renzi, I promise you, I will ca- I'm your dad, I will catch you. So she she gets ready, closes her eyes, puts her arms, and she just goes back. Just trust her dad. I'll tell you what. That was the worst time to reach for a cracker when she fell back <laughs> and <laughs> hit the ground. Now I'm just playing, I'm playing. I caught her in my arms. And I kind of hugged her and we had a little daddy-daughter moment. It was kind of nice. You can trust your daddy. Here's the thing. There's a difference between saying you have faith and having an active trust that leans into the Father. There's a big difference. How many of us subscribe to faith? But when we have to lean in, When that relationship is just a little bit too hard. Am I the only one in the house, right? When we have to lean in and I don't know if this relationship is worth it. I just wanna walk away. I wanna give up on this person, on this family member, on on this marriage, on whatever that is. I'm just gonna walk away. Cause it's too, when we gotta lean in, it's a little different, isn't it? Yes, I have. When we gotta lean in when the finances are tight. And we don't know how we're going to make it. And we just, may, maybe I'm just going to cheat a little bit over here and get money this way. And we got to lean in. into got A little different story. When We got to lean in when our tank is empty. We just want to blow up on the people around us and just release anger and bitter all around us. And we got to lean in. It's tough right there, isn't it? I call it twitchy faith. Because we say we have faith. And then the moment comes and what do we do? We got to twitch. <laughs> okay, I'm going to go. All right, all right. And we're twitchy because we don't know. That we're actually ready to lean into God. Here's the thing. Faith is not abstract though. Faith, it's in a person. And that person is Jesus. I asked Renzi, okay, so what helped you actually take that fall when you did it? She said, dad, because you told me you would catch me. All right. Well, so Renzi, what if somebody else came in here And they said they'll catch you. No, no, I don't think so. No, I'm not gonna do that. Okay, so trust comes when you actively listen to the voice of the Father. When you actively, here's what Romans 10, verse 17 says. It says, so then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So to actively walk in faith, we've gotta know this thing right here. We've gotta allow the word of God to get into us. And we've got to get into the word of God. That's how we hear the voice of the Father. So the goal isn't just to trust. All of us, or all of us have faith in something, don't we? We have a face, faith in, in theory or a people group or some idea or some ideology. And we have faith expressed in different directions. Right? The goal isn't just to trust fall anywhere, right? And that's what we do. We just trust fall in different places. So yeah, I leave a light of faith. And we trust fall because that guy or that girl just gives us a little attention. We don't get that elsewhere. So we just trust fall into it. Whoops. That didn't turn out so well, did it? And they say those words that we like to hear. And so, okay, yeah, yeah I'm going to trust fall. And then we hit the ground, ouch, that hurts. That did not work out so well. Or our job, it's something that at least we can have faith there because we know the terrain and I can count on that. And so, and then, and then the job changes or the boss changes or things go wrong at the job. And we kind of, we get hurt through these different experiences. The goal isn't just to trust fall. The goal isn't just to have faith in anything that comes in our direction. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding, but in all your ways acknowledge him. And what? And he shall direct your path. Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not be in want. We don't want. Why? Because we know the voice of the shepherd. He leads me into green pastures. Besides quiet waters, he restores my soul. The restoration, the peace of my soul is because I lean in to the shepherd, cultivating and knowing and becoming aware of the voice of the father. The leper has a specific faith and that faith is in Jesus. He says, says, I know you can make me clean. The man knows his challenge but he focuses on his God. I know somebody in the house has some stuff going on today. All of us have some things going on. Pastor Mark said it last week. He said, he said, the person next to you, there is a battle that they are fighting that you have no idea about. All of us are fighting battles. Listen, this is real for me. There's a reason every Thursday night, House of Prayer, I'm down in this altar on my knees. There's a reason because I'm not just trying to I'm not just trying to lead it. I'm actually living life. And I get overwhelmed sometimes. And the problems are bigger than what I can do and what I can accomplish. So I got to get in the altar. And when I get on my knees, when I come before God, I realize something. I I become less focused on the power of the problems that are in front of me. And I become more focused on the power that is in my God who can overcome. We focus on Christ. Tim Keller said it this way, it's not the strength of your faith, but the object of your faith that actually saves you. Listen to what Pastor Colin Smith said. He said, he's talking about positive thinking versus biblical faith. He said, positive thinking is all about mind over matter. The power comes from inside me. I make the change in positive thinking. Biblical faith is about the power of God over matter. The power comes from God. God makes the change. The leper comes, and it's not like a check the box off on the survey type of faith here, is it? No, it's a I am desperate for God kind of a faith. Now, he would come, and he couldn't get, the closest he could get to Jesus was six feet away because of customs and law that were in place to keep the spread of disease. And so lepers were outcasts. And so, in fact, uh, theologian William Barclay talks about it, if a, weather conditions are moving, if the wind is moving at all, 50 yards is as close as you can get, 150 feet away, 50 yards away from Jesus, 50 yards away from interaction, 50 yards away from conversation, 50 yards away from his miracle. He's 50 yards away from his destiny. And here's the thing, if he crosses that 50 yards, it is within the right of a person or persons around him to stone him because of the risk that he is taking and the spread of disease. So this is not just a trust fall of faith. This is a walking of the plank, a 50 yard walk in which any moment stones could start flying. He has the audacity to take a step of faith. Put yourself in his shoes for just a moment to overcome the religious and the social and the legal ramifications. Put yourself in his shoes and you take that step. 49. 48, 47, and the heart palpitations start, right? Start getting a little nervous. The nerves are tightening up in your body, but I'm gonna keep going. 39, 38, 37, 36, you know what, I just can't take it anymore. I'm just not gonna be controlled by the enemy or by my flesh right now. No, I'm gonna overcome, I'm gonna keep moving. And yes, I got problems, that addiction is in my life. I'm not gonna take that addiction anymore. I'm gonna lean into the spirit, 21, 20, 19, and I'm gonna lean in because my marriage is broken. My heart is broken. My relationships are broken. So I'm gonna press into you, Christ. 11, 9. shame will no longer be my master. Condemnation will no longer be over my head. Three, two, one, encounter. Anytime you take a bold step of faith towards Jesus, he will work in your life. I wanna give an invitation today in about 10 or 15 minutes. I'm gonna give an invitation to take a bold step of faith. We got baptism Sunday today and we actually went out and we bought clothes and towels and all the different things that if you feel compelled, if the spirit is moving in your heart to get baptized and you haven't got baptized before and you wanna make a step of, a bold step of faith, today might just be your day. I wanna come back to that. The leper takes a bold step of faith towards Jesus. And when he does, he catches the heart of Christ. The scripture says that Jesus was indignant. The ESV says he was moved with pity. The NLT says Jesus was moved with compassion. But the idea is that Jesus' spirit was provoked. Because nobody else was was paying attention or caring or doing anything about it. So Jesus' spirit gets provoked by this. The application question is this, when was the last time your spirit was provoked in love? That you stepped out, you were confronted by need and you stepped out of your comfort zone to meet a need. I'm not talking about being a thumb warrior on social media today. I'm talking about putting skin in the game and stepping out physically and making yourself uncomfortable to bring about change or help in a situation for somebody around us. Jesus said, anybody can love those who love them, but he demonstrates his love for us, God says in Romans, because while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. He reaches out and he reaches into our hearts and he reaches into our lives. Jesus saw his pain and he stepped into that I love um, the way that my friend said it, Steve Andres. He says, we sing about a God who does the impossible, but we refuse to do the uncomfortable. We say, I'm ready, I'm in, put me in. I got faith, yep, I got it. And then we're going to work and we're on our way and that need presents itself. And we're like, ah, I'm too busy, I got stuff to do. I can't take care of this right now, right? Well, yeah, I'm in, I'll, I'll do a Sunday morning ministry. Actually, but like, I'd have to change my schedule up. And uh, I need some me time too. And I like to travel. And then we're confronted with the neighbor's need. All right, I can help there, but I gotta gotta be honest, I gotta get my stuff together and then I'll come and help you. Listen, none of us have our stuff together. Can I let you know that? (laughs) The people our servant, they don't have their stuff together, but Jesus does something, he fills empty vessels. That's what he does. So we step out, so we compile these excuses. We're talking about this scripture. Uh, with some of our leadership team a couple of weeks ago. And one of our leaders started sharing about um, their, their oldest child's teacher and how they were treating their oldest child unfairly. And it really irked them inside. And so they wanted to respond out of anger in this situation. But then they had a confrontation of faith. And here's what happened. They said, you know what? We ended up on the floor of our bedroom, on our faces for an hour praying before God. And God changed our hearts. And they went from wanting to react out of anger to wanting to act in ministry towards that person that God had put in their pathway, completely changed them and believing that he's gonna change the situation as well. Jesus saw the man's pain. He saw the man's faith and he leaned in in an actionable way. And... The scripture says that he reached out in his his hand and he touched the man. I am willing, he said, be clean. Immediately the leprosy left him and he was cleansed. Notice, Jesus healed the man, but he didn't just heal him, he touched him. That's a big deal. This is a leper in a leper colony. He hasn't touched somebody for how long? He hasn't been in proximity to somebody in how long? Jesus is healed in the past before, hasn't he? He's healed with just a word. For some reason in this moment right here, he doesn't just heal with a word. He touches the man. Why? Because he wasn't just healing him. He was stepping across that threshold. We tend to look at the scripture and say, oh, look at Jesus. He's showing us that he has power and he is able to do amazing and extraordinary things. No, this is more than that, isn't it? Jesus is crossing the threshold of healing, and he's crossing in to restore dignity, to restore this man's soul. It's not just about a physical healing. God doesn't want to stop at your physical need. He wants to reach into the soul and work from the inside out of you. He desires to do a work beyond our knowledge. Then Jesus tells the man, go show yourself to the priest and offer the sacrifices that Moses commanded for your cleansing as a testimony to them. Why does he say this? Number one, for testimony reasons. If you have received, last week we talked about grace, right? If you have received God's grace in any way, you have a calling. And that's to testify to his grace. I don't mean to get up at a mic and give a polished presentation. I mean to your friends, to your neighbors, to your coworkers, workers to, to your family. You are called to testify to the grace of God within you. Number two, he does this, he tells them this because he understands that this man, to be able to come back into community and not be separated, he has to go to the priest and be checked out by him. He has to go through the cleansing process and then he can come in. In other words, Jesus understands that it's not just about healing, he is restoring a man's self worth. He is restoring his place in community. He is restoring a broken community that has been hurting because of that separation. Jesus is connecting dots. He's connecting with the human soul in this moment. He's going beyond the need that was presented in this moment and something happens. He heals him and he gets so excited. He's just gotta go tell people, right? And he just goes out, he becomes an evangelist. He is made new in Christ. And here's the only problem with that. Remember what Jesus said? He said, go to the priest, but don't tell anybody else. And he just goes goes spreading the news everywhere. Now here's the problem. From this point on in scripture, Jesus went into celebrity status. Jesus couldn't go out anymore without being hounded, without being attacked with needs, without crowds coming over him. From this point on, he lost that ability. So here's what happens in the scripture. This man who is isolated, who is separated, Jesus, in choosing to heal him, allows a man to go from isolation to community, to go from separation to wholeness. Jesus, in choosing the, to heal the man, Jesus goes from community to isolation. Goes from connectedness to separation. Say, that's brutal. That's the story. That's what we read. You know what that is? That's the gospel. Jesus was put out so that I could be brought in. Come on, somebody. Jesus took my sin. Is there a testimony in the house? Jesus took my shame. He took my hurt. He took my issues so that I could take his wholeness, so that I could receive his goodness, his vision, his righteousness. Thank you, Jesus, because we have a testimony in him. He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement for my peace was upon him. And by his stripes, we are by His wounds we are made whole; by His scars we are restored and brought back into community. So we will praise You, God, for Your salvation is nigh in our lives. I want to close with this, and I'll invite the worship team to come. And years ago, over at Ebenezer's coffee house, a young man named Gatu was sitting in the coffee house, drinking his coffee, doing his thing, and he heard some songs going on in the lower level performance space. And you know, we used to meet there for services. So he hears songs and joyful screams and he hears um, water being splashed around and there was a baptism service going on that day. And so he decided, I'm gonna walk down and check this out. He walks down and he hears the testimony of those getting baptized. And when he heard him, it did something in him. And so he started coming to church week after week and the Holy Spirit did what the Holy Spirit does. Gate 2 started coming to church, God started moving in him. And so Gate 2 was somebody who, um, he actually, a lot of the development over on 8th Street, a lot of the bars he built out. This was, I don't know if you've been here a little bit. For those who've been around a while, it was a different, different place a little while ago, wasn't it? Now it's all built up. But he built a lot of those bars over there. And so he felt convicted though. And he said, I, I actually want to shift what I'm doing. And so he went to his partner who financially backed him. And he went to him and he said, here's what I'm doing. Here's what's going on. And the partner, instead of affirming him, he said, what are you talking about? Why are you taking that step? And so he went back, he printed out our core beliefs, this other gentleman, and he came back to Getu and he confronted him. He said, do you know what this church is about? Do you know what they believe? He said, do you believe that Jesus is the son of God, that he came to this earth to die for your sins so that you can have a right relationship with God? Do you believe that? He said, nobody's ever asked me that. Yes, I do. And then he started reading down the rest of them. Okay, do you believe that the scriptures, the inspired word of God, do you believe the Holy Spirit lives in you and is active in your life and gives you the gifts of the Spirit and the fruit of the Spirit and you can give those to others and you can have an. And yes, I do. And he's going through the whole thing. And what was meant to be an inquisition became a confession of faith. What was meant to bring shame on his head became a moment of empowerment in the Holy Spirit. two left a lot of money on the table when he left that job, but he found life in Christ. He found meaning and he found purpose. And you know what he did? The next baptism service that we had, he walked down those stairs and he climbed into the same baptismal where he heard others' testimonies. And he testified to the grace of God in his own life. Do you know that this is the same baptismal that Gatu got baptized in? We got a few new parts. We had to fix some things up. Same baptismal right here. Today's Baptism Sunday. I promised you a few minutes ago that I'd give you an opportunity to take a bold step of faith in baptism today. If you're here and the Holy Spirit is just stirring your heart and you wanna take a bold step of faith, in just a moment, we're gonna make a confession of faith. I want to ask anybody and everybody who's here today, if you feel so compelled to confess, to declare this confession of faith with us. We're all going to do it together if you feel compelled to do it today. And as we confess this and declare this, if the Holy Spirit is stirring you, I mentioned we got clothes, we got towels, we'll set you up. If you're not ready, we got the stuff for you. But as we're confessing today, just want to ask you to, to take a walk take a 50-yard walk to the altar. So will you stand with me today? Pastor Mark and Pastor Lyle are going to be here in the altar, and they're ready to meet you down here, if that's you. I wonder if you'll join me in confessing today. We're going to do this together. All right, here we go. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and life everlasting. Amen. Praise you, God. We worship you, God.